This is a fourth hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental I don't uh, know planes that they're building? Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome everybody to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. So matter-of-factly about that, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What's going on, guys? How is it uh, over in your neck of the woods? Oh, it's good. It still feels like it's August. Is it not that cold yet over there? Oh, it was it's like been... 69 degrees yesterday. Oh, fuck yeah, that. Yeah, it's been in the 60s. It got cold for like a week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not here. Shit, I like that we always have. The, I like how we always have the uh, the beginning weather talk. <laughs> I've noticed that <laughs> it's like George Carlin, the hippie. I noticed it like fucking. I don't know, an episode or two ago. I'm like, what the fuck? We're still just talking about the weather. <laughs> Who cares? Shut up, us. I know, right? Fucking, we're 89 years old over here. Yeah. I got cold I'm outside. Like, uh, fucking, you know, as long as old men sit and talk about the weather. Calm yeah. down, Travis. Yeah. Jesus Surely Christ. there's got to be something else. <laughs> well, that's a, probably true, sure. Oh, well, actually, I got a few things. So I um, <clears throat> I want to start this episode off. This is a news episode, by the way, everybody. We do this uh, once a month. Got some pretty interesting things. And one story that kind of, I, tw- I actually uh, sent you guys this via text, I don't know, I want to say like a week ago. There is more to it. I'm, so I'm kind of excited to unfold it. It's about that whole body thing. I don't get it, but whatever. Amongst what? other news. I uh, remember that text I sent you about that uh, body dismemberment thing. Uh, if you sent that during the week, I didn't ever mm. look at it. I think John saw it for sure. I'm not sure if you did. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into me. it. We'll get into it for sure. Um, but with all that being said, I have a question. What would you two do if your FedEx delivery driver stole a package? I'd you, kick his ass. Oh, dude, I am so... And <laughs> and here's the thing. I can't prove it. But I know for a fact... Well, I mean, I can because I was sitting... Literally sitting right there on the couch, looking out the window for like a half-hour stunt on the phone. I can see everybody coming. And I get an email saying, package is delivered. I'm like, oh, cool. Get up, get out, look around the door. Nothing. There's no van. There's no nothing. There's no knock on the door. There's no way anybody stole the package that quick... I'm well, like, why would they steal your? Thing. Why would they steal your package? Well, it's Do they pretty, not want their job anymore. I, it was a big old Adam and Eve package and uh, <laughs> blow up like, doll. Mm, fun for me. Yeah, right. I guess uh, it's. I'll tell you exactly you know. what happened. It got mm. delivered to the wrong fucking house. That's what I thought too. But she talked yeah. to luckily a delivery driver, and the delivery driver said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I was there, and I knocked on the door. No one was home, and she had the right color of the house where it was at. Uh, so, like, yes, my house correlated only." Greenhouse in Spokane. I, I get you. I get you. I, I'm not saying that. I'm sure. I'm sure know. the delivery driver did knock on. She thinks she knocked on your door, but it Maybe. was somebody else's door, and somebody else got some vans. 
Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm hoping. But also, a million times more likely than the driver stealing it. Because yeah. if the driver's going to go out like that, then they're just going to like take everything in the truck and not show up to work. Every well, day. so yeah, it's just like yes. one big payday. Don't steal some vans. <laughs> well, that's my question. What's and I guess I'm not really. And let me back up a little bit. I'm not accusing, but it really points to. And I thought that too. The same thing. Oh, wait a minute. Went to the wrong delivery. Went to the wrong house. That's got to be. It's either this or it's either that. But has that have does that happen like what's All the, the repercussions yeah, not, actually, not, not wrong delivery but somebody scanning it and keeping it i don't think that's very no. common okay that's wrong my question all the time yeah um, i've actually also, everything i've ordered that came through fedex for the pandemic like it'll say it's out for delivery or delivered and then I'll, i never get it and then two days later it updates again to out to delivery again it, yeah i've, I've had, had that, that happen. happen yeah um yeah. Also, I've had a couple packages delivered at my house that were for my neighbors, like three doors down, and I just walk it down to them and put it on their. Doorstep. Oh, I've done that too. Yeah, like just. I you think know. You, I think what's more likely is you have dishonest neighbors. Not. It sounds, according to her manager, that left the message that she was at the right house, well, and it sounds like the right house because her but. manager doesn't want to fucking have to pay for the cost of goods, Shane. This is how it works. Okay? I know that too. So yeah, right, you call yeah. whoever you ordered it from, and you bitch, and you say, "I want my fucking money back," or "I want you to send me another pair right fucking now." Mm-hmm. And they'll say, "Yes, Mister Customer, sir, I will do that immediately." And then what they're gonna do is call FedEx and be like, "What the fuck." And demand that they pay for cost of goods, which FedEx probably won't do. But it's just uh, they're covering their own asses. Yeah, and I'm I'm uh, with that assumption absolutely. Yeah, they open the case on the bullshit. But anyway, yeah, I mean, like I said, there, it's one of the other much but, more high dollar merchandise than a pair of Vans in a FedEx truck at any literally any second of the day. Well, this is Spokane. Vans are pretty hot. Care. That so. is true. That is true. I'm just saying. I guarantee you there was a $1,000 laptop next to your van shoes in the fucking FedEx truck. Spoke Compton. Right. Oh, God, I hate that name. But yeah, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> and we're in a pretty good neighborhood. You know, that shit don't happen anywhere. And literally, if it got stolen, if that is a scenario, it would the, the person doing said stealing would have had to literally be right behind the FedEx driver walking with them up the steps. Like, it, it was in that time crunch. It would just weird but you know for what it is anyway. i bet they show up tomorrow i, I like hope so you're, i like yeah. that you're eagerly awaiting the arrival of shoes that much well i just happened to be home so you know i was working from home got doing the meeting i had that window of time i was like okay cool but uh yeah and this is a lot <laughs> fedex is never problematic tracking um this should be delivered <laughs> you know no earlier than right now and no later than 20 minutes from now right exactly give or take a week yeah, go figure. Yeah. So anyway, no, I just want to pose that question to you because I've never heard of that. My kid delivers for Amazon. He's like, oh, yeah, we had some people fired for that. They finally got caught, but they've been doing it for like a year. And I'm like, hmm. oh, okay, well. Yeah, Amazon's hmm. a little different, though. That's not their whole bag. Yeah, uh, where true. Where that's all FedEx does. Yeah, yeah, that's all they do. So anyway, well, I'll mark that but, off the list. Thanks for the uh, info and the input on that, guys. Appreciate it. Well, that. I hope so, you get reimbursed. Uh, has an online shopping product problem if you want to drop your address in the fucking know, right? show notes so we know yeah. what joint to case well that was like the last pair of shoes for my whole horror series van collection the last pair literally i, I think well, are you that's gonna why. get them are you gonna get them replaced are the, I, the company replacing them it's gonna be now i gotta open a case with the vans basically is what, such a pain in the ass it's that's a sucks. fucking pain in the ass. yeah it's like you know it's a 100 bucks but whatever you know it's 
what it if is. If they're any good at e-commerce, they will just be like, yes, your replacement is in the mail right now. I'm yeah. hoping. Yeah. 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 I'll talk to them tomorrow and say. It's fucking vans. They can afford a free pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But yeah. also, I wanted to, I had a couple of things for rolling news, so bear with me, guys. Uh, first of all, Josh, I started Paranormal Trickster. Um, oh, finally. Yeah, I know. I'm dragging my feet on that fucking thing. Pretty good. Not really into oh, it, it a lot yet. Of a phone book. It, it's quite a thing. And then I get sidetracked because now I'm looking at your cliff notes that you wrote on the side yeah, of the pages. <laughs> I know some are like, Jesus Christ, chicken scratches completely. Um, good so far. So I just want to pass that on. Um, and then want to give a quick shout out to a listener. Uh, been a listener for a while and she shared some input today. And I thought that was really cool. So Shelly, if you're out there, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, she loves what we do. And, you know, even if it's like one person every now and again saying, hey, you fucking guys are... You know, you talk about cool shit, and I listen, and she goes, I actually listened for like four hours and didn't even know it was four hours, and even went as far back to the numerology episode we had and followed along with the calculations. I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, so. Missing time, eh? Yeah. So Somebody wrote in. I'm fucking blown away. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while since anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just kidding. Yeah. We get we get messages all the we time. We can't keep up. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. I mean, I got a sound buried bag. in the backlog of yeah. emails. Absolutely, no, it's fucking crazy. I mean, you know, we do have a loyal following, which is good. And if we we're better on social media, we'd probably have more. However, you know, it is what it is for sure. Well, let's uh, let's get into the news. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm rolling on. Thank you, Shelly. That's fucking cool yeah absolutely well i want to start this one off this was that uh story that uh john i know you caught um and there's more to it actually so man donated his body to science company sold 500 tickets to his dissection does that ring a bell like yeah. last week yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah yeah all right so here it is um this is actually from uh technica this is beth mole that wrote this article uh, Louisiana widow is left horrified at the news that her deceased husband was dissected in front of a live pain audience after she donated his body to scientific research. Uh, again, two th- 2021. I can't believe this happens, but I, I guess I just want your take on it, guys. Um, Elsie Saunders had carried out the wishes of her late husband, David Saunders, who wanted his body donated to help advance medical science, according to the advocate. Uh, David Saunders, World War II and Korean War veteran, which is fucking awesome. Um, died from COVID at 98, which isn't awesome. Uh, donated his body was his last act of patriotism, uh, according to his wife. But instead of being delivered to a research facility, David Saunders' body ended up in a Marriott Hotel ballroom in Portland, Oregon, where DeathScience.org held an Oddities and Curiosities Expo. At the October 17th event, members of the public sat ringside from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. with a break for lunch. That's important. To watch David Saunders' body be carefully dissected. Tickets uh, sold for up to $500 a person. Wow. So what was the, pur- was the purpose of the dissection just for entertainment? I, so this is all, so here's the wife's side of it. We'll start with that first. She's like, quote, as far as I'm concerned, it's horrible, unethical, and I just don't have the words to describe it, uh, she told the advocate. I have all this paperwork that says his body would be used for science, nothing about this commercialization of his death. Um, Med Ed Lab subsequently sold the body to death science. Uh, so evidently it went, when he donated it, it went to MedEd Labs. Mm-hmm. And an administrator for MedEd Labs, Abdin Nasseri, told King5 that DeathScience.org founder Jeremy Ciliberto was beyond dishonest about how the body would be used. Nasseri said he believed Ciliberto 
would use the body for a medical class. Meanwhile, Ciliberto said MedEd was fully aware that the body would be used in an event attended by people who were, quote, not exclusively medical students. So they're still trying to figure out why, how, hmm. uh, quote, we're extremely sad for his widow, ch- uh, church funeral services owner Craig Clark told the advocate. And literally, I guess the end of the day, they dissected the entire body right down to like the hand separated, everything separated. And um, they're digging into why about wow, this guy. Just for an oddities <laughs> and. Uh, is that something else? I was like, isn't okay. that like borderline? Like everybody that paid to see that is like has a little bit of killer in them or something. They're like, yes. Like this is a bunch of Dexter sitting around. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I I just find the story. Well, number one is grotesque, but number two, it's like this, this happened in a, what did I say? It happened in a, in a Marriott ballroom at Marriott. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have a problem if that was done to my body. Oh no. I think it'd be cool. Whatever whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, if if this old per, I feel like the shitty thing in this instance is just the dishonesty, maybe, or just the sh- like the there was definitely some type of like shadiness going on from one party or another. I'm pretty sure Agreed. that's pretty common in those uh, spaces, though. Um, yeah, like there was a meme going around for a little bit not that long ago about the dude that th- uh, thought he was donating his mother's body to science, but it ended up in the custody of the army and getting blown up in a bombing test. Oh, Jesus. That, I've That's heard badass. I want my body to do that. Just fucking blow me up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're going to go out. But I mean, it's, you know. it's a, I think it's kind of a fairly common thing. Like, uh, even maybe, so, maybe so donating your body to science. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, go ahead. But maybe donating your body to science is a very broad umbrella term. That's it, what yeah. I was saying. And it's like, it's you not very specific. specific. Yeah. Well, donate gotta, to science, but it got donated to science.org. Science was in the name, right? Quote. <laughs> so we're okay with that. Do your research and see uh, like, what the reputation of the actual company or research facility or whatever that you're donating your body to is. Yeah, yeah, but the boy, that's I mean, shitty. You shouldn't have I to do that. Be pissed if uh, if my next of kin didn't get a cut of that fucking sweet sweet ticket money. But other than that, yeah, <laughs> right. do whatever the fuck you want. Once I'm gone, I don't care. I gotta say, you know? that's got to be uh, you know five hundred dollars a ticket. So anyway, I think. You know. Well, I think that's uh, maybe a word for the wise that if you do want to donate your body to science, maybe be very particular on where and who and what you want it used for. Maybe make it, sure I've there's never no really thought about this too. I've never thought about it too much, but yeah, it sounds to me like donating your body to science is a huge umbrella term, and that can mean a a, a a flurry of various things. Well, and you also need to understand that this goes back to the very beginnings of donating your body to science, right? Like uh, Burke and Hare, who were two Scottish serial oh, yeah. killers that got their start because they were grave robbers to give bodies to the local medical school, sell bodies. Yeah, to the local yeah. medical school, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get any more, so they just started killing vagrants. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck it. Let's just, yeah. just kill. It's called entrepreneurship at that point. Yeah, you know. So. You know, I admire <laughs> that. That's supply-side <laughs> economics, my guys. Right. That is. That, that absolutely is. Oh, you man. can't blame them for that. No. No, no. That's a no. fucking capitalism 101, baby. <laughs> I mean, I love a good capitalist, so. Oh, man. Jesus. Anyway, next. 
Oh yeah, that's that's really interesting. I feel like that that could be like a huge debate. That's crazy. You know, like the ethical slash unethical slash morality behind that. To me, to me, it's it's very unethical just because of the form it was done, the area. Like but again, like Josh said, yeah. I mean, I guess it happens. I, I just like it uh, even would be you know. different if they sold tickets for five hundred dollars a piece to non medical students or just you know the lay person like you or I or us. Mm-hmm. But if they did it in like a hospital, like if they did it in a university hospital or something, would it change the whole scenario? Just one doing it in the Marriott ballroom, like that's just like well, Motel Six closed. Yeah, said no. So you know, Marriott's only step up at that point. They they didn't leave the light on for them. (laughs) Anyway, all right. Well, um, so do you guys remember I covered a story? And this is pretty big news. I feel like either this summer or last summer about the jetpacks flying around LA oh, yeah. around like secured airspace and everything. So this came out, this article came out November 3rd. Uh, so just like what, a couple weeks ago, FBI says the mysterious quote unquote jetpack man could be a balloon. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> Shit. So it says, and several and this is by Tim McMillan from the debrief. In several bizarre incidents spanning nearly a year, commercial airline pilots have reported seeing what appears to be a person wearing a jetpack flying dangerously close to Los Angeles International Airport. The strange sightings have prompted FAA officials to warn pilots in the area of LAX to be on the lookout for the unknown person or object dubbed by the media as Jetpack Man. Seen flying around Los Angeles at least four times in 2020 and 2021, the FBI has even launched an over-year-long ongoing investigation into the mysterious jetpack man sightings. In an update on the peculiar case on November 2nd, the FAA and FBI released statements suggesting one working theory is that the so-called jetpack man may actually be a balloon. The FAA... Uh, this is a quote. The FAA has worked closely with the FBI to investigate every reported jetpack sighting. So far, none of these sightings have been verified, reads the statement. One working theory is that pilots might have seen balloons. Ah, that ruins the um, whole thing. Damn. It do- it really does ruin the whole thing, but, you know, it just reminds me of fucking UFOs. It's like, ah, oh, those are just balloons. <laughs> well, remember we talked about that Mylar balloon that was floating. Uh-huh. We had that whole thing of how high they can go, and it's like there's no way. But you know, come to find out, yeah, there, mm-hmm. it, it's a way. So there is there is a uh, a still image of a video on on the debrief on this article that uh, you know does looks way more like a balloon than a, like the Rocketeer or something. Hmm. I'll be down. So, um, yeah, the FAA and FBI's comments came a day after NBC Los Angeles affiliate KNBC released images captured by a Los Angeles Police Department helicopter showing a human-shaped balloon floating thousands of feet above the Holmby Hills and Beverly Hills area. The inflatable appears to have been a life-size Jack Skellington, the main character in Tim Burton's 93 movie, A Nightmare Before Christmas. Of course. (laughs) Um, It just... (sighs) So correct I'll me like, if I'm wrong. I'll, Did, yeah, I'll, I'll finish this real quick oh. and then I'll say my comment. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. But <laughs> You're right. The LAPD air crew recorded the images while on routine patrol in early November 2020. A balloon was seen just a few weeks after a China Airlines pilot reported seeing something that looked like a man in a jetpack flying around 6,000 feet over Culver City or Century City on October 14th, 2020. 
Um, and you know, there was just various, various, uh, reports of, of these, you know, supposed jetpack sightings, um, and uh, spanning from 2020 to 2021. Um, it, you know, the article goes further in, in, in depth. Mm -hmm. Um, this says normally jetpacks do not ascend to some of the altitudes reported by observing pilots. Amer told the debrief while noting that on one occasion that he knew of a jetpack reportedly reached 5,000 feet. Jetpacks cannot climb that high and then hover for an extended period of time before running out of propellant. Amer says, adding that no one else on the ground found any evidence or saw anything. So maybe, and the article goes on, but I think you guys get the gist. Um, but man, it just seems like how hard it like, so pilots have to have good eyesight, correct? Like you can't have some dude with an astigmatism running a yeah. commercial airline yeah, or yeah. any, or any right. pilot military or, you know, flying passengers. So it just seems like you would be able to like to tell the difference. I feel like I would know if I saw either a fucking giant balloon, just like floating up. Even if it kind of like looked a little weird or something like glimmering or like, oh, what, it, what the hell is that? Like versus like a fucking jet pack. See, so that's like that's some a good point. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like, with like a bunch of exhaust, like there's got to be some type of exhaust plume coming off of a jet pack because yeah. you're like producing so much energy off of, out of it. Well, and here's I'll, the thing uh, too. Send you guys oh. some shit. Uh, uh oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, first of all, I want to just say that dudes they they totally missed the best name they could have given this dude jet pacman <laughs> okay touche is is pacman's first name jet um but i've i've seen some like there's a company that's making jet packs for like the military and stuff that uh that don't push out like visible exhaust or anything from what i've seen it looks like they run uh mostly off like fans and shit and they i've seen video of them like of a dude strapping one on and flying from like a rib over to a destroyer, uh, like at speed, they're both like, like all, all three things are hauling ass. Hmm. Um, and you're not seeing like any kind of like visible exhaust from it. Yeah. But I mean, okay. So you're okay. So you're hauling ass as a balloon haul ass. That's exact. That's yeah. Point number one, point number two, out of all the things to misconcept a, a, a possible balloon, what you're seeing you pick a guy in a jetpack. I mean, that's got to be a pretty fucking specific yeah, balloon. And, and I mean, I'm sure it is just a balloon, like because that's that just does the, make more sense than jetpack than it's some like, fucking psycho flying around LAX for like, no apparent reason. Yeah, Even, like all the video stuff that I've seen from this jetpack company, like they don't have anyone flying like incredibly high. You know what I mean? Like. It's like, hey, cool, check this thing out. It works. All right, get back on the ground as quick as yeah. possible. You know? Yeah, 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 right. And and you wouldn't Weird. test something like that at a fucking busy international airport. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, I don't think do, it's a matter if yeah. it is that. It's not a matter of testing. It's a matter of somebody fucking up somewhere somehow. I, I don't know, man. I'm, how high did it go again? Remind me. Well, There's been reports of it being at least 6,000 feet, which oh, that's astronomically yeah. high for the jetpacks that mm. supposedly like we – have in our, our yeah our technology know, yeah, we know yeah, of yeah very very limited yeah. yeah so i mean and i don't think it's some rogue scientist busting out of you know <laughs> but not at lax like, ah, okay. <laughs> you'll never catch me <laughs> yeah, you would pick a little bit more of a of a secluded area i would think rather than a fucking airport well stick with me here guys dr doom's mask looks like a skull 
and fucking Jack Skellington is the balloon they said yeah. they saw. Maybe it was okay. really Doctor Doom. Mm, I'll go with that theory better than anything else. Personally, I think that's the one that's ahead of the game. So the code has been cracked. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, interesting. I'm kind of, it's, yeah. you know, it's nice that that's still kicking around. They're still paying attention to it. Usually those things disappear. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's just some prankster around Southern California that has these big <laughs> balloons and just like, huh. just watch this. Just, you know, drive near LAX and like set it up. Yeah. Hold my beer. I'm launching another one. Just like opens the hatch back on his CRX and like, fucking life-size jack skellington floats out in a way it'd be yeah. better if it was like a pacer or gremlin like, eh, that's fucking cool and then he just drives home and watches the news he's like yes <laughs> i did it again if it is a balloon or if these all of these are like balloons a i wonder if it's the same guy and b i want to i want that guy's name to go public because that's hilarious that's pretty that just throw a balloon up and all of a sudden everybody's like you know fucking passenger Jet pilots are just like, is that is that Jet Pack? You see that, Chuck? Yeah. Is that Jet Pacman? <laughs> oh, it's Jet Pacman, yes. <laughs> Too much. Oh, that silly guy. Oh, fucking man. turns out it's just like Banksy's boring old ass doing fucking dumbass art shit. Banksy's the one flying around? <laughs> no, the one letting <laughs> balloons out of the back of his CR. Oh, right. He's- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Too cool. Huh. Well, fucking speaking of seeing things in the sky what and above the sky dun, dun, dun. Mm. uh this is from the bite uh by this is by tony tran um spacex astronauts encounter mystery object during iss docking they said it looked like a gnarled knob a gnarled knob yeah and then the first <laughs> line of the fucking article just in bold black letters nut november of course. So you know it's going to be good, right? Um, so what? SpaceX. <laughs> is this a real story? It's a real story, and, and that will get tied in. It's just like the first thing that I saw when I started reading this, and I was like, what the fuck? Wait, did they put Nut November in the article? Uh-huh. Like, uh, oh, I'm yeah. very confused. Yeah, they did right there. It's Nut November <laughs> spelled properly as well. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, nothing, nothing like trying to make your article reputable by well, putting in a nice headline of nut november <laughs> knob is Christ. also english slang for dick so yeah no yeah like I, a gnarled knob i was gonna say that used to be my nickname uh, yeah. in high school so <laughs> yeah, eh, there's it looked jokes. like a gnarled knob didn't it <laughs> gotta love dick jokes Jesus. anyway uh spacex successfully launched another capsule of four astronauts to the international space station on thursday evening uh this is obviously from like a week or two ago uh while the mission went smoothly, the crew did report seeing something strange, a mysterious object floating past their craft as they approached the ISS. Quote, we saw an object that looked like a gnarled knob, <laughs> although it's difficult to tell with distance in our centerline camera view from left to lower right from our view. Crew Dragon's pilot Tom Mashburn told SpaceX Mission Control, it's not visible anymore. That was the most gnarled sentence ever. Um, That's weird. I wouldn't imagine there was a bad sentence in this. (laughs) You're right. Go figure. It could have been a small nut, he added. 
It could have been a small nut. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, basically, uh, Mission Control told the crew that the knob was likely harmless and the uh, rest of the flight proceeded smoothly, according to the Washington Post. Uh, the capsule docked at the ISS shortly afterward, approximately 263 miles above the Caribbean. Uh, there's still no indication yet of what the object was exactly, though it very likely was a piece of space debris flying past. After all, Earth's orbit is filled with junk from decades of international space travel, as we have covered a few times. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's so much, in fact, that NASA chief Bill Nelson slammed those who have contributed to the issue over the summer, saying it's dangerous and shameful for anybody, including the U.S., that has allowed space debris to be up there. Still, we're not going to rule out aliens just yet. Of yeah. course not. Of course not. Of course not. No. Clickbait. Yeah, not. that was my first thing to think of. Is like, I'm yeah. sure that gnarled knob is just some space debris. Oh, yeah. And like, uh... this, I'm so glad you reported on this because this ties so oh. well into one of my stories. Nice. Nice. But, yeah. I was going to say. Okay. Continue, yeah, I'm sir. Sure it's got to be just space debris, right? Yeah. I, I, it's probably like from an old like a fucking attenuation knob or something from like an old satellite, you know, mm. or that maybe one of the astronauts, blown to fuck. one of the astronauts just snuck a dildo up there. And <laughs> that'd be fun. Just kind of a, a double in a dildo, just what floating what through space. The, they put one on a satellite that got destroyed. And then, you know, this, it's just kind of the gnarled knob is just floating in orbit. I one totally the, would do that. Turns out the pilot of the SpaceX craft is actually a millennial. And, uh, what really happened was one of the astronauts uh, jerked it into the piss tube and launched their ejaculate into space, and it really was a gnarled knob. Okay, TMI. Sorry, Shelly, by the way. TMI, but yes. Hey, <laughs> it is what it is. If it she is listens to the show, that's she not, knows. probably the, like, that's probably the not, things that we've Yeah, done. that's <laughs> definitely not even in the top ten worst things oh, we've said on this no. show. No, we should make that rating for sure. That's you can't take the word ejaculate. Uh, Different context. Show for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Man, interesting, uh, interesting article. I still am fascinated by the gnarled knob reference uh, of yeah, all I think the that things. That was way funnier than the nut November reference, but mm. yeah, no, yeah, for sure. There, so I had to say, yeah. I like that they just said that down to what is it? Were they talking to Houston or something or? Yeah, wherever wherever their mission <laughs> their mission control was. Houston, yeah. we have gnarled knob. What, say what Houston, again? Houston, we've got nut. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, we're going to take like a quick a break. Roper. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll come back. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, we'll come back and definitely think about gnarled knobs. So stand by, everybody. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. And we are back. Um, narrow knobs and all, evidently. So, um, <laughs> interesting. I've got something here that I want to cover real quick, and then we're rolling to John's. Uh, and, and this is new to me. Maybe you guys have heard this, but it really left me 
I'm a bit disturbed, I will admit. Have you guys ever heard of the definition or the uh, something called Uncanny Valley? Mm-hmm. No. Have you? Okay. I am yeah, very, very familiar. It's uh, basically the closer something that's not a real human thing gets to looking like a real human thing, the more it fucking creeps human beings out um, to the point where you can have a very violent reaction towards it. Um and the most interesting thing about it, I think, is that it implies that somewhere in our evolutionary history, there was something that looked very much like us that wasn't us that we were afraid of. And and yeah, and you hit it right on the head. Exactly. So literally, mm. it's built into our instinct a bit. Maybe subconsciously, we don't even know it because something like that was out there. That Josh, that definition is absolutely true. Um, let me expand on that too. Uh, so that whole thing, again, we're talking about a something called the Uncanny Valley. A musician going by the name of Silas Dean has given his followers an insight into the strange phenomenon which he revealed forced DreamWorks to make big changes to one of the biggest children films of all time. In a video posted to his TikTok account, he explains that the uncanny valley is where brains find it difficult to compute the fact a hyper-realistic image of a face, whether it's a cartoon or waxwork, is not actually human. Uh, this is his quote here. He says, does a photo like this make you feel uncomfortable or something like this? And the photo he has, you guys ever seen Polar Express? Yep. I knew that's the movie you were going to bring up. <laughs> okay. So Polar Express, um, one of the characters in there. And, and again, I like Polar Express, but I will be the first one to admit that it it is a little offsetting how Tom Hanks, his, uh, his characters are a little offsetting. I just thought that was like the movie in general. But now that I think back and I think about what this guy's saying, that may not be the truth. Um, so he says this phenomenon is known as Uncanny Valley, introduced by Masahiro Mori in the 1970s. Uh, Valley refers to a phenomenon. Of course, we said that brains can't register something that is close to human. He says, quote, it's the in-between where one process can look like something like a person, but it's not a person, and it causes feelings of distress believed to be an evolutionary mechanism, which is also not exclusive to just humans, which Josh just covered. Um, the uncanny valley is where we perceive things to be a threat or not of us, and it can cause feelings of panic. Uh, he says it even forced the studio to redesign one of its main character following a fairly traumatic test screening. Uh, one of the most well-known modern examples of this was actually an early test screen, and I knew this was coming up, of Shrek in 2000, where Fiona was rendered as very hyper-realistic, so realistic that it surpassed the threshold of comfort and cartoon and moved into Uncanny Valley. Uh, yeah, I I never thought this was a thing, but now that I'm reading it, I'm looking back on samples, I, I don't know, guys. Is this a thing for you? Because Oh, fuck yeah. It freaks me out. I mean... Uh, I just put some examples in the chat. Um, oh, cool. Thanks. But this is like, so this is a concept I learned about uh, when I took that English class that was basically just the professor spending the entire semester arguing about how uh, sci-fi is actually a force for change in literature and society. But he like spent a lot of time telling us all about the uncanny valley and like showing us examples of it and why it's like such a trope in like early science fiction as well. Mm. Um, but it's, it's super interesting because like we've all seen polar express, right. And it is just a little bit creepy and it's because all the characters have dead fucking eyes. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Like real, Hit it on like, the head. Hum- it's almost photorealistic, but then their eyes are not right and they look just empty and void. And it's like 
looking at a dead thing basically hmm. well i've so, never seen the movie I, I mean i know like what you're talking about but like i've never oh i mean it's a good show don't get me wrong it's a it's a good show josh i'm looking at the examplers you sent and and one of them popped up this new um uh robot that mm-hmm. was made in japan sophia she that is to like the utmost if, if you <laughs> uncanny valley is her in my opinion because it is just weird it's hard to look at her. Yeah, uh, like you know it's not human, but it looks very close to human, and it yeah. like, triggers your amygdala to want to like fucking kill it with fire, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah, no, it, yeah. Uh, those those are very creepy examples for sure. I've never even heard of this, though. It's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, I brought it up. I was going to bring it up. Uh, it's something I stumble on. Like I said, I didn't think it was a thing, but uh, it's very interesting, you know, and I think as we – uh, you know, progress and we get better with technology, we get better with graphics and CT and all that other stuff. Like this really plays a hand in it. And and again, you know, John, if you've never seen Polar Express, just check it out. You'll, you'll know what we're talking about once you see it for sure. I'm just waiting for Weird. the like sex dolls that are realistic enough to be hot, but not like creepy dead eye hot. Realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're coming. I'm glad you have a goal set, sir. Literally. Oh, it's not just me. It's the robotics industry in Japan. But. Oh, I, my God. Those guys. I love – I spent three years in Japan, but, man, I'll tell you what. They have a underlying perverted thing, that whole culture. Well, it's crazy. You know, tight, uh, tight-laced society also – drop a couple of atomic bombs on some people and go figure don't expect shit to get weird i guess right you shake up a can of seltzer something's gonna happen so anyway but yeah that was my new i just want to cover not necessarily news but just something like ah this is interesting and that uh, is interesting yeah i'm looking at some stills from polar express right now and they don't look very creepy as stills but just as images but yeah 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 well i I bet i can get could could convince Tori to watch this very easily. Well, there you go. You got to give us the feedback and uh, see what you (laughs) see, what you think. The story is super good. It's just when they animated it, like the, they didn't do a great job with like the light source shining back in the eyes. So it just looks empty. And so Uh, it's like corpses moving around basically. Well, that's kind of cool. It makes me want to watch it. It, It's badass. uh, Did you ever watch the animated Beowulf that Robert Zemeckis did that came out like, probably around the same time Polar Express did. Mm. Um, It was really good. It was kind of the similar thing, like photorealistic computer-generated images. Um, But because of Polar Express, they, like, had the actors, like, actually... That was one of the first times they used, like, the um, not-stop-motion, but that method of filming where when they're doing computer-animated stuff, they still have actors, like, block it all out, and they're wearing, like, green screen suits mm. and stuff. oh yeah, yeah 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 and they did that so they could get the eye lighting right so that like it didn't look cursed when you watch it. oh jesus okay gotcha <laughs> well learn from your mistakes it's really yeah, good i least. recommend checking it out yeah like both polar express and beowulf yeah that's my go-to um, christmas so anyway cool yeah i kind of have i stumbled across uh this one story, but then I stumbled across this other one that like really ties into it. So I might combine two stories with one and I'll just make the first story really quick, but the spice girls. Um, so going off of the SpaceX and the international space station that you already brought up, uh, Josh, this one is by weird, weird news from the Huffington post, which usually I try and avoid Huffington post. Or Huff, yeah, Huffington Post. Yeah, they get a like little, the plague. 
little clickbaity. Yeah. Oh, so clickbaity. And then all the sh- all the article is is just a bunch of tweets from people. But regardless, this is this is this is good. Uh, broken toilet means SpaceX crew is stuck using diapers, and this came out on November fifth. So NASA astronaut Megan MacArthur described the situation Friday as suboptimal but manageable. Hmm. And the reason I had originally uh, picked this story is because it reminded me that I want to wear a diaper to a movie and just piss my pants so I don't have to, <laughs> so get, you up have to get up <laughs> while watching it. Um, and this is the thing uh, I want to do. I doubt I ever will do it, but it's a fantasy I have. So simple fantasy, sir. Simple fantasy. I don't want to shit my pants during the movie. I just want to drink a bunch of beers and not have to get up <laughs> and just let her. It's the simple things you know. in life, really. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, she says it's suboptimal, but she's like space flight is full of lots of little challenges. She, she said during a news conference for Morbit, this is just one more that we'll encounter and take care of in our mission. So we're not too worried about it. Um, let's see. Mission managers could decide later Friday whether to bring MacArthur and her three crewmates back in their SpaceX capsule before launching their replacements. Um, but basically, like nothing, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. But they there was like a leak in the in the P thing, and they found uh, like a tube came unglued and spilled urine beneath the floorboards. Uh. And SpaceX fixed the toilet on the capsule awaiting liftoff, but deemed the one in orbit unusable. Um, yeah, so, you know, they, uh, not a big deal, whatever. But so they were having to wear diapers. And then all of a sudden, Russia comes out of nowhere and fires I knew a that's missile. Where you're going. Yep. Uh. Russia comes out of nowhere, fires a missile yesterday. Uh, and shoots one of their satellites and just blows up one of their satellites with a missile that they fired, um, creating tons more space debris. There is so Russia blows up a satellite, creating a dangerous debris in cloud space. And this caused the members of the ISS space station to take cover and get into an emergency, like. Kind of like a space uh, lifeboat, right? In there, yeah, it's like a space yeah, lifeboat. Yeah, you get yeah. in it, and it can get you back to Earth or whatever. So they had to huddle in there, also while trying to avoid all this crazy space oh, debris. Jesus so, um, so they've had a hell of a time on on the ISS for a while regarding you know wearing diapers, you know a pee leak. Uh, this new space debris stuff. They, when they were docking with the Russian uh, docker or whatever, um, they like started spinning uncontrollably for a minute a, a few weeks ago. But uh, it says this morning, Russia destroyed one of its own satellites with a ground-based missile, creating thousands of pieces of debris that have spread out into Earth orbit, according to the U.S. State Department. The U.S. has identified more than 1,500 trackable pieces of debris from the event and many thousands of smaller ones that cannot be traced, Ned Price, a spokesperson for the State Department, said during a briefing. The news comes amid reports from Russia's space agency Roscosmos that the astronauts living on board the International Space Station had to shelter in place this morning due to a cloud of space debris that seems to be passing by the station every 90 minutes, the time it takes for the ISS to orbit the Earth. At first, it was unclear if the debris threatening the space station came from Russia's anti-satellite or ASAT test. The State Department simply indicated that the debris field is a danger to the space station. 
This test will significantly increase the risk to astronauts and cosmonauts on the International Space Station, as well as to other human space flight activities, Price told reporters. Russia's dangerous and irresponsible behavior jeopardizes the long-term sustainability of our space and clearly demonstrates that Russia's claims of opposing the weaponization of space are disingenuous and hypocritical. Uh, but at the end of the day, NASA Administrator Bill Nelson finally confirmed that the Russian ASAT did indeed cause the astronauts to shelter in place. He says, I'm, out- I'm outraged by this irresponsible and destabilizing action, Nelson said in a statement to The Verge. With its long and storied history in human spaceflight, it is unthinkable that Russia would endanger not only American and international partner astronauts on the ISS, but also their own cosmonauts. Uh, there are seven people currently living on the ISS, two of which are Russian cosmonauts. Let's see. Um, U.S. Space Command, which oversees the tracking of space objects and debris in orbit around Earth, told The Verge in a statement that it was aware of debris-generating event in space this morning. Um, pretty pretty crazy stuff That's here. Shit. Um, yeah. I heard about that. I heard about that this morning. So... Do you remember, was it last year, early, I want to say like early 2020, they found the hole that looked like it was drilled from the inside out on the yeah, space I remember, station? Yeah, I remember hearing something about that, yeah. 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 There, Boy, I'll tell you what, if, there, if you're going to be in a place for, say, I don't understand, and again, back to the article of, you know, there's countries that have weapons to destroy satellites. I mean, a lot of countries do, but they never put them into place it's just like hey if you do something keep in mind we have this thing and so for russia to actually do it I, well for yeah it, i mean it's stupid has them test them though yeah um and actually china and the united states have conducted similar tests um yeah. china conducted an asat test in 2007 using a kinetic missile to destroy its fungin 1c satellite uh the event created thousands of pieces of debris some of which are still circulating above the earth in fact the iss had to boost its orbit last week to avoid one of the fragments from the satellite still in orbit in 2019 india also conducted its own asat test known as mission shakti creating hundreds of debris pieces after taking out a decaying satellite And the United States also conducted an ASAT test in 2008 known as Operation Burnt Frost. The U.S. military destroyed a satellite launched by the National Reconnaissance Office that was falling out of orbit. The satellite's fuel tank contained more than 1,000 pounds of a toxic fuel called hydrazine, and the ASAT test was considered a way to protect people on the ground while exercising anti-satellite technology. Mm, Interesting. So, yeah, the the State Department is condemning the test by Russia, but it's just like, but they've done it too. Evidently. Well, I mean, done it. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and the whole thing it is. So on a more broader scale, just knowing that this is how we conduct ourselves, that we don't have any backup of, Hey, if we put something up there, how's it going to come down? And now we're like, what was our article? We covered how many news episodes ago where what's a, will we get to a point where literally we cannot get out of our atmosphere? because yeah, we are surrounded we've talked about this kind of a lot actually yeah yeah surrounding ourselves with a bunch of space debris and now i mean that just added so much more thousand gnarled knobs just floating around out there yeah just that's uh, floating part around of, part of uh one of the paradoxical theories that they talk about as to why 
the Fermi paradox might actually be fairly accurate, you know, of like that's I think that particular aspect of the theory is called like the Great Barrier or something like that, where uh, basically any any nascent spacefaring civilization is very likely to make it impossible to get off their own planet before they figure out how to travel vast distances because of all the trash they leave mm. while they're figuring that out, you know? Oh, mm-hmm. we're, we're fantastic, aren't we? Yeah, Jesus. And then there's like another layer of that where it's like, okay, with the current technology that we know we have, if we could get out of our atmosphere and start flying out through the solar system and maybe even into the galaxy, uh, you're traveling at such speeds that if you hit, something the size of a grain of sand it's going to rip your craft well that's one thing so that article you're talking about john i i don't know if it's exactly that one but that scenario what russia did um literally there's a tiny you know you could be just a, like a, a a paint flick you know just a tiny little plate that's off the satellite is in comparison to a 500 pound object moving at 60 miles an hour yeah in, yeah. in space and so you know, like you know it's a ISS thing this goes around 1600 uh miles a minute or no an hour it's going around 266 mm-hmm. miles a minute um that's real fucking fast yeah i mean if it can if it can orbit the earth in an hour and a half i mean that's it's got some distance right yeah. for sure uh that's well i hope for the best but you know what it, it's not a good scenario especially you have to hide in your, you know, could you imagine? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a, what, what's your option? What are you going to do? You're not just going to, you know, take the rope back down to earth. That's, that's not on the table. Oh man. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. The people up in the ISS have had a, quite the adventure. Yeah, for sure. As of recently. Hmm. But yeah, so that was kind of interesting. You know, good story. Good stuff. I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, I was going to bring it up today and I just, uh, I didn't know how much more was going to unfold, but I guess that's pretty much it. Shit, they shot something they shouldn't have, and there you are. So, Yeah, I mean, they just shot one of their shitty satellites that they don't need anymore, and they're like, well, let's check this out. I honestly think it's just flexes for the, you know, who's going to control the domain of space. I, You know, I, I was going to say, you read my mind, I think that's a lot of it. Because you know? this is the last power play. At, you know, as yeah. of right now, it, it is the new frontier. It yeah, is the wild, the wild west. So, who is going to be able to maintain it? It's also like geo, geopolitical maneuvering as well. Because, well, that's exactly uh, what I'm saying. Well, yeah, like not just for space though, but also for like muscle. Hey, we've got this shit. Just don't forget that because we can. Yeah. If we can right. shoot a ballistic missile at a satellite, we can shoot a ballistic missile at other shit. If you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, tensions are getting pretty high between us uh china and russia right now so yeah i mean they're definitely flexing their gnarled knob for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure putin's wang is like drip drip gnarl gnarl <laughs> i don't know where we're going with that but uh, there it is <laughs> anyway what do you got uh, josh i'll tell you where we're going with that we are going to stay in space oh cool um so uh I don't know what happened to the headline from this article for the debrief from the debrief by Micah Hanks, but uh, basically, we don't understand everything that we're seeing. Group convenes in Washington to discuss space, the future, and extraterrestrials. Uh, no less than, and this is from November 11th in the debrief. I don't. I probably just said that, but anyway, no less than uh, ten thousand six hundred forty-seven pipes saying 
eerily in chorus below the surreal sounds of Louis Verne's pieces. God damn it. He's just setting the fucking stage. He's just setting the stage. I've read this article. Yeah. You got to yeah. go like a paragraph down. Yeah. That's, that's Micah Hanks. He's uh, very uh, colorful. I love the guy, but yes. <laughs> um. So basically we have an extraterrestrial treasure built into the very fabric of this building said Reverend Randolph Marshall Hollerith, Dean of the Washington National Cathedral, who began the event by referencing a seven-gram moon rock returned to Earth by the crew of Apollo 11, which now rests within one of the cathedral's windows. Um, Basically, I didn't really have time to read this all the way, to be honest, and now I'm remembering why I don't read a lot of these articles, because they're like a (laughs) mile long. Yeah, no, it's it's very long, but uh, essentially, essentially, John, (laughs) essentially, the article is saying that um, it basically had the the I forget her name, but the head of the intelligence agency, like Mm. national intelligence, talking to the head of NASA. And they're both basically saying that, like, extraterrestrials are a very plausible hypothesis um, and it's it's basically a bunch of people in the intelligence community and in the space community basically coming out and saying that, like, it's it's a very real possibility that, quote unquote, aliens um, are real and they are visiting here um, and they can't explain it. And, you know, the top the head of the intelligence agency or, you know, um, has no idea what is what is going on with that? Um, and I don't have the article in front of me. It, so it's right here. I'm trying to like think yeah. of her name right now. I believe it's Avril Haines. Yeah. Avril Haines. And she spoke with uh, David Ignatius yeah. during the event. Um, yeah. So interesting. That's, huh. that's like a really big, uh, it's a very cliff very, note. Yes. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say it's a very long article that tells a pretty simple story that's very engaging, though. You know, yeah, like, um, that's, huh? That's pretty cool. Okay, and I kept saying like the the whatever head of national intelligence or whatever, but it's she Avril Haines is the director of national intelligence, if that means anything. But and then uh, also our boy Avi Loeb was there. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a bunch of just a bunch of dudes being like, "Yeah, it's probably aliens." <laughs> just matter of factly, <laughs> what are you gonna do? That's funny. He says, "I mean, I think the bottom line is that we don't understand everything we're seeing, and that's probably not surprising to anybody in many respects." Hmm. And, well, uh, I mean, yeah, she she asked Ignatius. I want to ask you to share with the audience your takeaway after the completion of that report and what your own view is once you look at the evidence. And then that was his response. So yeah, huh. just a bunch okay. of smart people in very important adult roles um, that are literally just saying, "Yeah, it's aliens." We can't that tell even you why. Five years ago, would have been like, <laughs> "No way." Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. and I mean, and then they'd be removed from their position. Yeah, well, and yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, drummed out of what they. Well, look at you know, maybe Loeb. I mean, he could have very easily. So you know, good on him for coming out with what he came out with, you know? Mm. So yeah. Huh. That's not too bad. That's cool. Um, 
I don't know. I think I've got a couple more here for Patreon, unless you guys want to shoot one more. Uh, we're coming up in about an hour for the regular episode. It's uh, up to you guys. No, I mean, I combined two of my stories. So, you? Okay. Yes. Well, we can... I didn't even read all of one of mine. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we can, let's scooch into Patreon after this. Uh, let's go ahead. I do want to share one more thing, which you know goes without saying if you're, you know, whatever, if you're into any kind of it, which you absolutely should be. Uh, quick little note. Thursday evening, Ghostbusters Afterlife comes out. Don't know if you guys have tracked that or not, but uh, we have not been in the movie theaters for, I want to say, little about two years now. Um, we're going to go to this one. <laughs> I want to see this on the big screen. So excited. You know, watch Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and um, Ernie Hudson on uh, Jimmy Fallon talking about like old school, you know, they like in the old Ghostbusters, they, they had the, the, uh, police motorcycles that they were doing for the last shot and they stole them the old night and ran them around the park in New York and all this shit. It's just neat to see them back, neat to see them together. And, uh, the plot looks actually pretty damn good. So, you know, looking forward to it. Just a note for everybody. And then, uh, if you have any news stories, tales to tell anything, you can go ahead and reach out to us at uh, strangejunglesofgmail.com. Email us, let us know. Uh, we'd be more than happy to share uh, in any way, shape, or form. Or you can call our hotline at 801-252-6945. That's getting better. That is getting better. And we can go from there. That Where was we? just a weird random noise. <laughs> yeah, but still. You know, dolphins are stuck in my head at this point. Um, where are we on socials? Same old places. Fucking you know. nowhere. Facebook, Instagram, oh, at Strange Uncles Podcast, Twitter, at Strange Uncles. YouTube? Yeah, I think YouTube's there. Tumblr? No, not Tumblr. I'm not that My, perverted. MySpace? MySpace. Do, do we have Friendster? AOL.com? I think I got an account Friendster. there. I'm not sure. Our AOL Instant Messenger <laughs> at is just kidding. God, that's crazy. No, So I will say real quick before we end this uh, regular episode is it is not uh, – not without our that we would be a little bit bigger if we were better into social media. None of us are. I don't have a Facebook account. John, I think you deleted yours. I'm on Twitter every now and again. We have a loyal following. Thank you, everybody that does listen because I, you know, yeah, we can probably, you know, make a little bit more cash hash out of this thing, but we just don't. We all hate social media. So it is just what it is. Maybe this is a bad thing, hobby to be in if you're not on social media. But uh, for those of you who do listen to us and follow us and like what we do, uh, much appreciated. Thank you. Maybe you, dear listeners, could be our social media and just tell your friends. Yeah, there you go. All it takes word of mouth for sure. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Unless you guys got anything, are you good? Negative. All right, let's roll into Patreon. Patreon, guys, stand by. <laughs>